Welcome to the latest supplemental episode of Geeking Off the Page. This time, the gang goes into the subject matter of zombies. Very appropriate for this time of year. So please join your hosts, Trevor, Gavin, and Troy, as they try and convince Mike about the enjoyability of the shambling undead in all of their versions and media. We're going to move on to our next subject matter. And because it is the spooky time of year... Our subject matter we're going to talk about is something that is near and dear to uh, three of our four hearts. Um, well, maybe two and a half of our hearts. Anyways. I try talk- to keep it as far away from my heart and brain as possible. Exactly. And we, know. we are going to be talking about zombies and how they have been in the uh, basically all sorts of media for as long as any of us can remember being involved with the knowledge of media and all that. And uh, so to begin with, we're just going to give a little uh, bit of a uh, dictionary definition of what uh, a zombie is. So according to Oxford language, um, zombie, one, a corpse said to be revived by witchcraft, especially in certain African and Caribbean uh, religions. Two, a tall mixed drink consists of, consisting of several uh, kinds of rum, liquor, and fruit juice. Four, four kinds. Is that what you're saying, Trevor? All right. So, um, and to give a quick little thing. uh, So Wikipedia lists a zombie um, is a mythological undead corporeal remnant created through the reanimation of a corpse. Wow. All right. There you go. That's what you need. The scariness and all that. I'm sorry. I forgot there was a jump scare. (laughs) <laughs> all right this is a scary episode it's halloween this is, this this is a scary really episode. that's what we need we need it that'll be perfectly good the podcast oh to have piece. a scare <laughs> oh. all right so what we're going to begin with is um the origins of the actual zombie is a mid uh, 19th century uh like early 19th century so uh creation as far as we know the earliest documentation of the actual uh, phrase zombie being used is from the early 19th century and all that but uh, when it comes to um, what we normally deal with uh, the media of movies and television and the written like novels and whatnot <laughs> is uh, the first uh, appearance in movies is 1932's uh, white zombie where the actual phrasing of zombies was used and it is the trance-like reanimated corpse sort of thing. It's a Bela Lugosi movie, uh, like I said, from 1932. And that's pretty much where the actual idea of a zombie has started. Now, a couple of decades later, it then reaches a much higher status when a uh, small band of, uh, uh, of uh, go-lucky kids from the Pittsburgh area decide to couple together some money and make their own uh, their own independent movie. And that's where we end up with 1968's, directed by George A. Romero, Night of the Living Dead. Now, if um, you are anything of any sort of interest in the zombie genre, you are aware of this particular movie. Uh, this is the, the black and white classic that basically brought the idea of zombie, basically anything from zombie from that point on starts from there. This is basically the grandfather of the modern day zombie, the 1968 version of, go ahead, Trevor. Fun fact, 
in the film, they're never called zombies. No, that is it true. It was later fans of the film yes. called them zombies, but they themselves, not even Romero himself, in his script, are they called zombies? I believe they were referred to as ghouls in the actual script. The script refers to them as ghouls, yes. That's an awesome fun fact. Well, part of it is uh, Romero was influenced by Richard Matterson's novel, I Am Legend, um, (laughs) where they're not zombies either, but some sort of, you know, revenant. So he he instead in the script used ghouls to separate them as they've died and come back as opposed to just been altered into a different animal. Exactly. Now, um, again, um, George A. Romero becomes the grandfather of the zombie movie. Uh, he himself actually in uh, 1978 um, directs uh, uh, Dawn of the Dead. Uh, Day of the Dead comes out in 1985. Land of the Dead in 2005. Uh, Diary of the Dead in 2007. And in 2009, his final film, Survival of the Dead. Um, he was in the process, unfortunately, uh, just before he passed away, working on the uh, Twilight of the Dead. But uh, as we have uh, just recently, uh, I've just recently discovered that as of April 30th of this year, um, his, 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 widower, his, widow, his widow has uh, basically put in production the continuation of the, uh, it's in the works. So it looks like Twilight of the Dead is actually in the works and according to the research I've I've gone through that uh, she believes that uh, George would really really love the fact that the way the story is turning out and all that sort of thing so from again from 1967 1978 and 1985 which are the early uh, sorry 19 uh, 1980 yeah 1985. Um, those are the three big ones, uh, Night, Dawn, and Day. They are basically um, movies of an era. So basically, George was making movies that had a theme to them. They were basically what it was. Um, <laughs> the next up that we have in the zombie sort of genre is uh, Wes Craven taking us a, a an attempt at making a zombie movie. And he actually goes back to more of a traditional zombie with the movie Serpent of the Rainbow, where it is actually a ritual zombie. It is actually uh, uh, Bill Pullman is the main protagonist in this particular movie. And he goes into a Haitian storyline where he discovers that people are being turned into these zombies through witchcraft and whatnot. And it's, again, all of these movies are fascinating if, again, it's not your Michael, it's not one of your like a eating flesh sort of zombie movies, but it is the, the actual historical lore of what a zombie was, how it is an, a reanimated corpse. Someone is prematurely killed through like uh, believed to be dead and all that through witchcraft and chemicals and whatnot. And they basically come to later on and all that, but uh so as we continue on through history, we have movies that um, also pay tribute to George A. Romero's. And one of the first ones to pay tribute to George A. Romero's is um, Return of the Living Dead. Now, this is a 1985 movie by uh, Dan O'Bannon, who is basically what he's doing is he is making a tribute movie to the original 
Night of the Living Dead movies. And this is the movie that puts into the zombie lore that zombies eat brains. Prior to this, they were just flesh eating. This is the movie where it's established that it's the brains that zombies want. And in this particular movie, the actual zombies hold on to their personalities after death. They are able to come back and they state that eating human brains helps uh, uh, pain. Yeah, sorry, yeah, it helps stops the pain of being dead, which is what we find from an autopsy sequence and all that, which again, fascinating special effects, great cast, uh, uh, fantastic, like mid eighties punk zombie movie, which is fantastic. And again, it's one of the classic zombie movies. And again, it is the one that actually puts into the storyline that it's brains that zombies have. From this point on, Zombies are all brain eaters, not just uh, flesh eaters. So not all. No, no, I not all. No, 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 no. But it is now. This is the movie that started the whole entire brains. Yeah. Um. As as you move on through, there's several other movies. Um. The actual movie, um, Night of the Living Dead, gets remade. I believe at current time there is no fewer than seven versions of this movie uh there's a 1980 version which i personally enjoy and it's actually directed by tom savaney who is a special effects um uh mastermind and he has actually directed uh his directorial version of this is a pretty much a replay of the original with some quite a few more updated twists and all that sort of thing and it's again a fascinating move movie to see uh tony todd plays the main character in this so it's a fantastically acted uh portrayal of this but again like i said there's at least seven and i think the most recent one is someone has done an animated version of uh night of the living dead and what they've actually done is they've actually just gone back and animated the original night of the living dead the they're coming to get you barbara version of all that so it has the look of the 1968 film in an animated feature. Um, once, um, once you get into remakes and whatnot, you have probably one of the most famous of all the remakes is the, the directed by Zack Snyder, written by James Gunn, Dawn of Dawn of the Dead, which is the remake, which is the one that takes place in the, uh, the shopping mall. And that takes place in 2004. And this is roughly around the time when zombies themselves become fast running zombies you turn quickly sorry what was that fuck fast running zombies fast running zombies yeah Yeah. exactly i mean in 2002 that's when danny boyle gave us 28 days later but again they're not really zombies they're basically people with the rage virus in them of course they just tear people apart they're not consuming flesh they're not doing anything they're just there to spread the disease and tear bodies apart. So technically 28 days later, while is a zombie-esque sort of movie, they're not really zombies. It's this version of Dawn of the Dead that again, goes beyond what the original movie did just only because it can, again, ensemble cast, uh, fantastically executed and um, it is great. Uh, when we go back to tribute movies, we also have Shaun of the Dead, which is 2004, Edward Wright's uh, 
stepping up um, to, again, a tribute to the original George A. Romero movies. And if you I'll jump seen, in here and say that for a guy who doesn't like zombie movies, I love this movie. <laughs> and again, it's it's a movie that is probably the most approachable zombie movie because it does take a very humorous uh, look at it. And it's not like your typical horror film. A lot of horror films will have humor in them to distract you from the horror. Right. The Shaun of the Dead plays the humor as the main part and the background is the horror, which while it is a very beautifully done zombie film, there isn't a lot to it. To, there's no, there are scares. There are jump scares because you can't have a zombie movie without jump scares. But the fact yeah. that it's a movie that is so well done that you're so invested in the characters, you want them to get through this whole entire thing. And, and we were talking about Black Friday, the trailer earlier, and I'm yeah. hoping it has some Shaun of the Dead vibe in that movie, because again, this is where the meta story is bigger. That you know, it's not just the horror; it's not just devouring flesh and just massacring people. No, there is some fun. There is some comedy. You still get the jump scares. It's still creepy as hell. But for me, that's something I can latch onto. But we'll talk more about that later. Now I'm going to jump in for here yep, for a second. Go ahead, Trevor. I was just going to suggest. Uh, what do you want to say there, Trevor? Zombies. There have been some zombie-related movies used for more comedic purpose. 1993, Weekend at Bernie's Two. They That's even two, two. yes, yes. Now with the first Weekend at Bernie's, Bernie was dead. It was just a dead corpse. They were kind of dragging around. In the second movie, they get a voodoo priestess to reanimate the body that it'll move when it listens to music. And in, in essence, I mean, if you go back to the, the, the entomology of, of a zombie, there is some things where they talk about they would take slaves in, in, in Haiti and inject them with drugs so that they would work mindlessly. And they would play a beat so that these people would like these, these zombie slaves would just do the job and do the job without complaining, without, without stopping for, for meals or water breaks. And do and the whole thing is it was a, you know, it was drugs. It was like a chemical that was doing this. So in the, the movie Weekend at Bernie's 2, they get this voodoo priestess to kind of reanimate Bernie's corpse when music is played so that they can give the illusion that Bernie's alive without two guys on either side of him kind of trying to manipulate him the whole time. And they have this whole thing with like, there's a boom box, there's a set of headphones on him at one point. But that was using the whole motif of a zombie in a more humorous way. Um, so this is why I think sparked some of the interest in zombies um but zombies had a huge resurgence in 2000 uh when you had like you know you've got uh you know dawn of the dead film came out Shaun of the dead the walking dead comic book started to really hit its stride and zombies became into the mainstream media and i'm still kicking myself when that comic came out because i wasn't a zombie guy so i didn't pick up number one when it was on the shelf we're Don't all doing that. Now? We're all kicking ourselves for not actually. Yeah. And now, up. you know, The Walking Dead got picked up by AMC, got turned into what started to be a, a really good TV show. Um, notice I said started started out as. Um, oh, I picked up the set of leaves there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's it's zombies became bigger and bigger in culture and the video games. Zombies started showing up in video games, uh, video game series Left for Dead. They, they weren't called zombies. They were called the infected. But these were the fast-moving athletic zombies who could climb after you and you shoot them in the head and shoot them in the face. And they 
showed up in a, in a variety of games. Gab, can you name a couple where we have zombies in games? Can I? As he says, holding up a stack of video games that all have zombies in them. Not only okay. can he name them, he can play them. <laughs> oh, for Dead, Resident Evil, Dead Rising, Dead Space, more Resident Evil, Dying Light, uh, Dead Island, more Resident uh, Evil. These, these these are all games that take the sort of the the walking shambling corpse that's in uh, that wants to eat human flesh slash book brains. Um, there's there's plenty of games previously that have tried to that, that have tried to do it, but it was only until when the Resident Evil was released on PlayStation One that really gave us something to actually be terrified of, because most games before that it was pixel it was just pixel art, not a whole lot that could really uh, scare you or shock you the way. Come on, Zombie Ate My Neighbors was a terrifying game on the oh, Nintendo. Zombie Age My Neighbor was that good. fantastic game. Yes. <laughs> it was terrifying. But, I mean, you guys remember sitting uh, sitting in Trev's room back in back in college, and we've got Resident Evil running. I'm playing the damn game. I open up a door, start start walking down the hallway, and all of a sudden the zombie dogs crash in. We all shriek in terror. For sure, I drop yeah. the controller while the while the zombie dogs are basically savaging me, and all Trevor does is going, Gav, Gav, Gav. Gav, you're dying. Gav, Gav. <laughs> so you can tell was who, who was paying attention to what was going on and who was still shrieking like a little girl. Uh, spoiler, it was me. Yes. Um, I've now the thing is, 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 as part of this whole research, I've zombies basically run into you know, there are four common types or four sort of ways they're used. So you have the, the slow moving, foot dragging zombie that we have like in Night of the Living Dead. You know, the one where Romero kind of starts it all with the slow-moving, foot-dragging zombie. Um, it's very common, you know, Night of the Living Dead, Walking Dead. Then Zack Snyder comes up with the fast mover. I mean, you had the 28 Days and 28 Days Later series. So you have the fast-moving zombie capable of athletic feats. They can run, they can climb. Um, and even in Snyder's movie, that it's talked about that they can exceed themselves faster than what they would normally do. So you get a fat guy who's just... You know, he's outrunning Usain Bolt because no longer has those mental limitations holding the body back. He can't get tired. So the body runs as fast as the muscles pushing those bones along can go. Um, these come to Dawn of the Day remade, Left for Dead, a variety of other games. Then you have the mutant zombies. These are zombies that are greater than the form they started with. So things like Left for Dead specials, Resident Evil, this is where you get mutant zombies where they have special powers or special abilities, things that beyond what a human could do um, at its best. And then there was like, they, they, they kind of hit a hard right turn where they're like, well, we can't all be horror. So that's where we had the comedic zombies, the romantic zombies. So it's less of the horror aspect, but, but the zombies are kind of more of a subplot or unique context. So things like the show iZombie, uh, the movie Warm Bodies, Disney Zombies, you know, the, the zombie condition is used as part of a part of the story, but is not the story. I have so, another one to add to that list. Sure. It's the sci-fi zombie. So the Borg in Star Trek are essentially space zombies. And yeah, Captain Picard got turned into a space zombie. That and, is perfect, Michael. Yes, that is totally correct. And then yeah. you also have that in Serenity. So the Firefly movie, you know, with the, yeah. what were they called? The Reavers? The Reavers. Reavers. The Reavers from Again, Serenity. Again, yes, those yes, were yes. essentially 
space a form of zombie. Yeah. yeah. So it's 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 interesting to see how it started with you know um, like a Haitian voodoo and has kind of turned around. And each story has their own way of saying how it's working. Be it magic, uh, more modern interpretations use things like science methods of like it's a serum it's a virus it's a whatever it's a dust from space whatever it takes that's what makes the zombie so it's not magic it's not something we can't quantify it's like oh it's a virus that we can, we can try to get rid of or or something to that effect or a chemical that they found um and that's basically more of the modern interpretation so they, they don't have to say it's magic but by doing that, he also gives them the freedom to say, well, these are the new limitations of a zombie. That for, at least for our, whatever you know, media we're doing, our zombies can run faster. Our zombies are slow. Our zombies eat brains. Our zombies don't eat brains. Our zombies can bloat themselves up and vomit and the vomit attracts other zombies. Or our zombies can mutate to be 15 feet tall and covered in ridiculous amounts of muscles and throw a tank. So this is where you know, modern literature, be it film, book, video game, it's all to the interpretation of whoever's creating it. But in, in the end result, it's usually it's a, a it's, you're starting with a core idea of a corpse or a near corpse being brought back to life and being reanimated in some fashion. And then it's like, from that point, it's go, you know, figure out how they got reanimated and go and, and have fun with it. And then yeah. So uh, one of the one of the other things that um, we also we all are pretty much in invested in is um, a little uh, a little writer by the name of Max Brooks, um, who brought to the forefront uh, the idea of uh, basically surviving a zombie apocalypse uh, in his little uh, book called the Zombie Survival Guide, which. At the very beginning of doing our podcast in one of our first episodes, Trevor went on about this particular uh, uh, subject, and um, it is so beautifully written. It's the thing that also spawns the World War Z novel, again, by Max Brooks as well. Um, a brilliant writer, a brilliant uh, comedic writer as well. I mean, he has a lot of humor in his uh in the book itself, like the, the novel of uh, World War Z, uh, the feel of it, it makes it feel real when you're reading it. It, en it engrosses you, pulls you into the thing. But again, he started off with doing this zombie survival guide. What do you do? Where do you go? What do you have to have with you? Who do you have with you? How do you dress? How do you have your hair? How do you, he basically, gives you this beautiful and again it's for something that isn't real but it's so lovingly put together as it is real that it is something that actually people from this point on are using as a guidebook to okay when i have a zombie you know that your characters that follow these guidelines are going to make it but if they don't they're not going to make it sort of thing but yes mr gavin uh max brooks really sort of uh, up the game when it comes to the modern zombie. Uh, he, he very artfully crafted uh, rules on how these zombies worked, how, it, how, how, they, uh, how they, they came into being. Uh, a while back, 
uh, cracked online, the, the humor website there and slash magazine, they, they actually did a, a series of uh, articles on why a zombie apocalypse would fail. And things were they 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 talk about you know like insects carrion eating insects uh, like wolves and 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 predator animals basically uh, because the thing with zombies is they're typically slow and what are zombies walking around they're basically walking buffets but uh, Max Brooks kind of put the kibosh on a lot of those 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 theories um, the, the the zombie virus killed anything that was human like if if like a wolf took a bite out of a zombie. The zombie might attack it, but and if the wolf got away, the the wolf would die from ingesting the the the, the corrupted virus laden meat. Um, they the the fact that uh, you know the they when they moaned, the, there was a reason why these zombies moaned. It was to attract other zombies. Uh, like if if you got one going, it would set off a whole cascade effect of more zombies moaning away, and suddenly. What what was what what is essentially like an entire uh, county of zombies is now heading straight to the city. Like he he he's he's got these. He came up with great rules. Uh, the World War Z took a, uh, took a very realistic approach to why the military, as incredibly well armed to the teeth the American military is, why it could potentially fail at repelling zombies. That whole uh, idea that the 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 military would come in with shock and awe doesn't really work when the the enemy doesn't have a brain to basically register fear or shock or awe you know any of this stuff you know so so they're 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 these these are all uh you know soldiers who are used to basically shooting center mass that's not going to stop a zombie so the the entire build up for for the world war z uh was as as far as i could tell one of the most realistic scenarios that could happen which would result in like you know half of the, half of the, uh, the the human population dead from zombies, and Max Brook came up with rules that truly and, and and terrifyingly embraced what could happen if if this was a real thing. And then going from that, you have the movie Zombieland, where you have a character who has his rules to surviving the zombie apocalypse. So things like limber up double tap um don't trust bathrooms things like that his things that he has has witnessed to keep himself alive in the zombie apocalypse and and they kind of i mean they make a fun trope but like the words will appear in the air and they kind of fall down after he leaves or, or whatever um but they were kind of building off of what max brooks started you know of these rules that people need to live by if they want to survive and then they would show you people who weren't living by those rules like not cardio and yeah the fat guy running down the field and zombies chasing him and with with his lack of cardio he becomes a, a running buffet that quickly stumbles and 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 gets eaten and so you can see how one uh creator's work influences the next um and it, it was funny, like uh, Robert Kirkman said, he didn't read World War Z and didn't read the zombies because he didn't want to be influenced by someone else's work. Um, but he has said in later interviews, he, he has gone back and read them. And there are things there. He's like, damn, I wish I would have known this because that would have easily sewn up a plot hole that he then had to try to sew up in a later comic book. And, and he felt he didn't do it well enough. And, and, 
you know, fans would, would write and call in early, like leave messages online about it, like, oh man, well, if this happened, why didn't this happen? And this, and he's like, you know, if I had just read the damn zombie survival guide, I wouldn't have, I would have easily sidestepped that whole plot and like that whole plot hole and been, been fine. So yeah. That's, that's an interesting point. Like it's neat going from the history of the original concept of the zombie all through history and seeing how like everybody builds on the mythology it's such a fascinating thing that's something that, i mean this is pure geeking off the page fandom type stuff <laughs> that we talk about here but just the way different creators can take an old work you know it starts off again what like the haitian whatever raising of the dead turning into this thing that's such you know the fact that you have a survival guide the fact that you can get that to build upon for future stories it's so interesting when people take previous stories and mythologies and things that the writers have come up with and just keep stacking the mythology of that concept. Now, I'm going to say the reason why we're kind of doing all this is Michael had posed the question of why do we like zombies so much? Because you're kind of creeped out by them. Yeah. So I just, to, I, okay, the sense you opened up with that, the reason they freak me out and we got into this with horror stuff and I understand where you guys are coming from that but my repulsion to them is just because it hits a little bit too close to home it's the idea of the dead coming back the decaying flesh the fact that a loved one can be turned into a monster like that and for me i internalize it so like what troy was saying last week with the horror where it's like ooh, how did they do that how did you get that effect to work right where you're looking at it very technical and with Trevor, with the idea of the unstoppable force, well, zombies are a perfect example of the unstoppable force that just keeps coming at you. And I can see where that appeal comes from. But for myself, it, I internalize it too much. Like, how can you have your neighbors and your family and your loved ones get turned into these decaying monsters? How can you look at someone who used to be human and seeing the flesh falling off their faces? And to me, it just hits too close to home. And I internalize it too much. And I'm like, mm, no, nah, I can't watch The Walking Dead. Like, that's <laughs> kind of where I end up. And again, when it's a little more comedy, it's a little more fun and silly. Yeah. You know, Shaun of the Dead, I can handle that. Picard, I can be fine with him being the cutest. But there's a certain boundary, and I'm not sure exactly where it lands. Like Game of Thrones. I love the whites and the white walkers. So the whites are essentially the George R. R. Martin ice zombies. I can handle that. But then, so um, the comic book artist, Dave Sim, he did a comic book called Glamorpus. And since zombies were the big thing at the time, he decided to do the rare cover where it was the glamour models that were zombified. And that was those were the chase covers. And because we got to know him, you know, he gave a bunch of these zombie comics to our kids. And my son was having nightmares after seeing the zombie cover that was given to him. And it's like, okay, it's not just me. It's probably genetic. It's probably somewhere <laughs> hardwired into my DNA. But it it's on. that same sort of effect. So yeah, when I wanted to talk about this, it's like, what is the appeal? Because everybody was raving over The Walking Dead. And I, again, I knew the comic book. I saw when number one was on the shelf. I pass on it. It's like, eh, zombies creepy. But then it became this phenomenon. 
at least in the first season or two. But what's the appeal? Like, what is it? Um, so I'm going to start with mine. So I'd, I'd written this blurb and I'll, I'll kind of riff off it as I go. So for me, it's not the zombies that is for the appeal. It's a bit of it is the, um, the apocalyptic aspect, the survival. Um, if put in that situation, it's for me, it's I really enjoy the, the mental exercise of how would I survive? What would I do? to survive and not just survive, but thrive in that sort of environment. Um, and like, how would aspects of society stay the same? How would they differ? Um, and then thinking of, you know, where I am in my current skill set, what would I need to learn? What would I need to change about myself to be able to survive? So I don't just end up like an all you can eat buffet for, for, for a bunch of roving zombies. Um, so I have done, I mean, I read a lot of fiction the, the people write, you know, I've played a whole ton of video games, watched the movies. And a lot of it is, I like the, the written work because people have different points of view, different aspects that they want to, to delve into. So some do a very military aspect, like this is the military response. And then when it fails, what does the military do? And blah, blah, blah. Others, it's like the civilian, like your Joe, any average guy and the zombie apocalypse happens. And how does he, how does he get by? How does he go by his day to day? And sometimes I'm like, oh, that's an interesting concept. Or, eh, I don't know if that would work. Um, things like that. And then there's, to me, there's some of the more even interesting ones of, um, you know, there's an, books that have like an element of magic and then like a zombie apocalypse happens. And what do they do? Um, there was one where it was like a superheroes, like low level superheroes. The apocalypse happens. And these, some of these superheroes and supervillains are banding together gathering survivors to try to hold off the horde in hopes that someday someone comes up with some sort of cure or the zombies die out or, or something to that effect. And to me, it's just such an interesting mental exercise of like, you know, how do they do it? And do I agree with what the author said, how they did it? Or do I'm like, ah, the guy's completely out of left field. It just kind of veered off the tracks there. Because to me, it's just, it's all that information coming in and categorizing it and you know, thinking like, oh, if I was in that situation, what would I do? What, what sort of thing? And it's, to me, it's, you know, the fact that zombies is, is really no different than any sort of, it could be like a hurricane. It could be torrential floods. It could be like suddenly like, like giant spiders or, or whatever it is. In this case, it's zombies. Could be Jason um, coming at you with a knife. Exactly. You know, it's in terms of zombies, it's like a force of nature that be they fast moving, slow moving, whatever, how do you, how do you deal with it? How do you not just say, well, you know, I've, I've had a good life. Here's my run. And I'm just going to close my eyes and, and wait till the feasting's over. Then I'll get up with the rest of them and get going. How do you just say, I'm not, this is not where I go out. This is not how I end. What do you do from, what is your next step forward and, and the steps after that? This, that's why I enjoy the whole zombie genre is that whole mental exercise. Um, I'll have to second a lot of what Trevor said there. The, it's it's the everyone has a zombie like a, a zombie survival guide. Like, where are you gonna go? Where's the first place you're gonna go? Who are the people you're gonna team up with? Uh, like, you. The other thing is a lot of any sort of like movie or TV show or whatnot that has a zombie apocalypse breakout that 
universe never had zombies to begin with. So they don't know how to deal with it sort of thing. A lot of it is there are the occasional ones that are like, oh my God, these are zombies that are coming after us. Shoot them in the head sort of thing. You you have those few things. But for the most part, a lot of the universes that have a zombie outbreak have never had anything like that. And like The Walking Dead itself, they don't use the word zombie. They don't, it does not appear in coming out of anyone's mouth. Really? They're all, they're they're called walkers. People call them biters. People call them, yes, they, they, but the word zombie is never used in The Walking Dead in both the comic and the TV series. I don't know if it still is right now. I mean, they're on to their third series (laughs) that's, that starts um, while the original series is wrapping up on its 11th season. Uh, they've got like a third season starting this year as well. So, um, but again, um, stuff like um, Marvel Zombies is another thing uh, where your main characters are the zombies, which is kind of a fascinating thing to do. And because these are superheroes, superpowered characters that become zombified, they hold on to their personalities, but they're zombies. And they realize that. It's the eating the flesh that holds off the pain of being dead and whatnot. And it's got a nice little twist in it. So it's kind of neat to see that. But like Trevor said, it's the survival. What would I do in this situation? How you enjoy watching a group of people try and survive this gauntlet of things that are thrown against them. And a lot of the walls thrown up against them are zombies. It usually starts off with a small amount and a group survives that, but then a bigger horde comes in, one or two get picked off from the group and then they move on. They collect another person and more zombies come on. And the fact that it's this ongoing attempt to survive this, what is ultimately an unsurvivable situation because no matter what happens, there's always going to be more zombies. That's the thing. There's a never ending. And this is also what has happened in a lot of video games. A lot of video games have like DLC where it's zombies. I mean, Call of Duty for the past five versions of Call of Duty have had a zombie setting. You have the regular it's my game. 10-year-old's favorite game. Exactly. Right more yeah. popular Call of Duty. than the main game too. Than the main yeah. game, yes. The zombie version always turns out to be the more popular version of the main game. Yes, you're right, Gavin. Exactly. Um, so it's it's the survivor aspect. It's the because also from a video game point of view, you're the one doing it. You're the one actually in it. You're the one putting up the boards. You're the one going around killing off the zombies. You're the one collecting the nuke bombs that destroy all the corpses, but they still come back and it's just a timing thing. You have to last as long as possible. But again, that's one of the aspects. Now for me, for actually watching these sort of things, I again, have an extra thing of, I enjoy the look of it. I like the, Ooh, that's a cool looking thing. Like the early Romero movies, like for a perfect example, um, uh, day of the dead. Uh, there's the hallway sequence where the one guy is swarmed by zombies and he's pulled apart, right? His body is actually stretched and pulled apart while all these zombies are pulling away. But the actor in the upper torso is still moving around and all that reacting to this whole entire thing. And the fact that we see like them reach in, pull out intestines and all that while the guy's just staring at this thing happening, that's the sort of thing that fascinates me about the actual making of the movie itself i mean that's where i got into my love 
of zombies. But and that I just got to jump in here because that's yeah. the thing that's fascinating to me how people can detach themselves from that. Because for me, I internalize that kind of stuff way too much. So I can't just look at it from a technical side. At least normally I can't. Sometimes yeah. I can. But normally yeah. I'm just like, no, this is too close to home. This is like, I don't want that in my brain. Oh, no. And again, no pun intended in your brain. But um, I also I also have another aspect to this is the Toronto Zombie Walk, which is something that I was involved with for years and years and if you don't know what it is it was a gathering of like-minded people that would for the just the love of the genre would gather dressed up as zombies and walk from point a to point b over a particular day and you had people being creative with their costuming and whatnot people did like crossover characters that they would take there you go started out as an art project quite a few yeah, years ago it was the very first one toronto was the very first one sorry i have to say it because no i that's why i was hope that's why i was bringing it up before you went outside i would like yeah. you to have your input on it and there you go so yeah. uh this is basically it started as an art project and then it just it, it grew and grew and grew until it actually was too big for us to manage without our yeah without our uh tourism grants which the city took away from us yeah but anyway yeah it uh so yeah so it was a it was a fun time and i became part of the crew that helped you know control the zombies so i the group that adrian was actually the the lead uh zombie wrangler which we reserved to ourselves we are all dressed up in uh umbrella uniforms and all that um so we were the guys making sure that zombies wouldn't like wander into traffic or which they tended to do, tended to do or got fake blood all over buildings that we walked by which they tended to do uh climbed up trees which we told them to get down from which they tended to do but yeah so i mean but it was a, it was a fun time and it was something that was and again it went from i think the very first one was i think 10 to 12 people and by the time we came up with the last one, there was, I think, 15,000 15, people was our last tally sort of thing. Okay, so tell me the appeal of that. Because, again, I know you like the cosplay and the special mm -hmm. effects makeup. Yeah. And I can see how the appeal is. You're basically embodying this atmosphere from a yeah. movie, right? Like you're experiencing it. But, yeah, um, yeah explain it okay. in your own well, words. Okay, so when you go to a convention and you see people that are like, well, because especially for you, Mike, you attend these as a person who deals their their wares at a convention. So people come over to you, they talk about you, you're able to like interact with them. And obviously you have a loyal following because several times when I've seen you at these conventions, you're always like, oh, this person is now picking up their latest of your comics and all that. And so it, it's, it's a community thing. It's knowing that... Um, it's it's a gathering of like-minded people and it's kind of cool to see that i'm not the only one that's into this sort of thing it's when you right. walk into a room and you see like a bunch of other people that are of the same thought of you um it's nice to see people being creative with that sort of thing like i said there's all sorts of things like I, i've seen so many like cross characters like 
zombie Disney princesses. Um, like there's a, one of my favorites one was this guy that did a zombie Captain Jack uh, from Pirates of the Par- Caribbean. So he was walking as a zombie, but walking slightly drunk. And, but he would, he would mumble the way that Johnny Depp would like speak sort of thing, like slur his mumbles and all that. Um, it was just, it was just a collection. And again, it would be something that we would do like 11 months out of the year, set it up. And then one day of just this total chaos and fun time and all that. And before, you know, it was over with and like, okay, what are we doing next year? Sort of thing. Right. So it was just something that was so much fun. And again, it's sad that we had to end the process. Um, the Toronto zombie walk is listed as one of the very first zombie walks to have started. And I believe it was like almost like 15, Oh, even more than like 17, 18 years ago is when they started. And again, it's on the book as first. And now there are places, there are places in like warmer climates where it's so much easier to do it. We always would have that the week before Halloween, there was always that Toronto chance of like, Oh, it's going to be crappy weather. Oh, it's going to be gonna windy. Snow. It's going to be snow. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And um, the they're Canadian zombies. It's okay. Okay. I'm going to turn this around on you, Mike. Hey, yeah. the first time that uh, I went to college with uh, you and all that, and I convinced everyone to go trick or treating. What did you dress up as? That's right. We all zombie. did zombie. We all did we zombies. We did do that. We did all and, zombies. Uh, in fact, that was like a mini Oakville zombie walk, essentially. Exactly. Yeah. And, but I mean, it was also, we were there. We were all commuting together. We were all doing the same thing. And remember what had happened near the end of the night? It actually started to snow. There was flurries. <laughs> so we decided when we were finishing off our trick or treating, we would mumble, zombie mumble Christmas carols right and we just had a ball and then we ended up the night friggin' well at mcdonald's having a meal afterwards the group of us sitting around the table dressed up in our zombie outfit still and having a cheese cheap cheeseburgers because they were like actually they were like there was an actual sort of deal going on that they were actually extremely cheap but that's because of gavin no i think it was I think it was Matt actually. Matt, was Matt Campbell. Was Matt Campbell was working there. Yes, because he yeah. couldn't do because he used Nair on the top of his head to become a Shaolin monk, and then realized he burnt his scalp, sort of thing. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh my God, I remember that now. Oh wow. But anyways, but that you know how you felt like us in that group for trick or treating there, Mike. Yes. Multiply that by fifteen thousand people. I mean, that's the feel of doing that sort of thing, and that's another reason why beautiful oh i'm so glad you have that <laughs> nice oh my god <laughs> oh my god that's so you have photo evidence yeah there you go um i'm apparently the person taking the picture because i'm behind the camera <laughs> so um but again that was that's one of the reasons why i like that sort of thing because it's a communal thing it's uh, yeah. when you go to a movie theater and especially for a horror film everyone jumps at the same time and then everyone laughs at everyone jumping at the same time it's just it's the it's the feel of that and what's the tension and then a release right exactly exactly you're absolutely terrified but then you realize that you're still safe yeah and that's who laugh it off yeah exactly 
and I totally and I totally understand your might you're not being able to set aside oh this would be what if this happened to my loved one what happens and you know what dude if if that were actually the situation I don't know what I would do I mean if yeah I'm only saying it because she's not going to listen to the podcast and she's outside right now if zombie got if Adrian got turned it would be a difficult thing to me to have to end her because she'd be coming for me. She'd be not stopping and coming for me. And I'd try and do everything I could to get away with her with not having to have to kill her. I mean, it would have to come down to that for sure, but. Or Shaun of the Dead. It. Or Shaun of the Dead. It. Exactly. But yeah. that situation. Right? A bit yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I mean, it's, and again, I understand your, but again, this isn't going to be for everyone. Not everyone is going to like the same yeah. type of music. I yeah. mean, I mean, the thing is, there's there's stories I've I've read where you know you have a character who goes through hell and high water to get back home, and you know killed hundreds of zombies along the way, and he gets back home and he sits down, and he's back in his home, and he's uh, you know there's a tape recorder there and he hits play and it, you, know, you hear the he hears his wife talking about oh and then the neighbor did something and his daughter went over to help the neighbor and then they ended up having to lock her in a shed, and then the the other daughter. And then the one daughter bitter, and then he's, he's sitting there listening, and you know his hands trembling. And around the corner comes his wife and his two daughters, and he just you know he pulls the gun out that he has that he's been killing zombies with the whole time, and he's like just puts it to his to his chest and just pulls the trigger because he's may as well join them at this point. You know his yeah. whole reason for going through that horde was to get to his family, but now his family's gone, so he's like he's going to join them. He, his his fight at that point as he said his fight was done he, he had no more fight left in him and it was such an interesting story to read because it's like you know if you were put in that situation what would you do and to me again liking that whole mental exercise of you know when you reach that that point what would I do and you know sometimes I have the answer sometimes I don't but it's nice to to me, it's nice to, to read other people's point of views and see what they would do. There's a really interesting take in Naruto. And I didn't really think about it until we were going to start doing this episode. But in the fourth great ninja war, there's this reanimation jitsu where they start bringing back all the old heroes. So essentially, it's an army of ninja zombies. But an interesting take with that is they still have a little bit of their soul left. So they're being controlled. It's like, look, I'm about to kill you. The only way you can stop me is if you block my jitsu right now. And, it's, you know, so the zombies are giving hints to their old comrades. It's like, I don't want to hurt you. I'm not in control. You have to stop me. You have to find some way to stop me from this. And that was a very unique take that I've never seen before in the whole zombie genre. There's a, actually, there's a really touching short film. It's on YouTube. I can't remember the name of it. And it's this guy who, him and his wife are escaping with their young daughter. And at some point he has to put down his wife, but he's bitten. He's, he's been like scratched or bitten. And he realizes he's going to turn and that he's going to probably eat his own daughter. So he ends up bringing this whole backpack thing that puts her behind him and he restricts his arm movement so that when he turns, he can hear the daughter, but he can't reach her. And he has like a stick out in front of him with like a corpse of a rabbit or something that gets him marching forward. And 
it's enough so that he, you know, when he dies, when he, when he turns, he knows he's never going to be able to eat his daughter. And then this group of survivors, one like lines up and pegs him on the head and they go down to check the corpse and they hear a baby crying and they pull over and open the shroud and then they find the baby. And in there it says like, you know, my name's Liza. Um, and basically the dad had written this whole thing. They're like, this is my daughter's name. If you find her safe and sound, please raise her, tell her that, that, you know, her parents loved her sort of thing. And it's such a touching little thing, but it's, you know, it's part of the whole zombie genre. Um, That's so sad sounding. <laughs> it is, it's sad sounding, but at the same cool? time, it shows cool, you know, parents love, like how, how far are you willing to go as a parent to, you know, protect your children? So there were things like that, like, you know, again, it, it all weaves a rich, a, a rich tapestry. And uh, that's part of my love of the whole zombie genre is is seeing people's different takes of these these sorts of situations and, and what what they do and what they do with it. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I can I can understand you know he's watching like a guy getting ripped apart and the intestines being pulled out and chewed upon. It's sometimes it's hard to take. For when I'm sitting in the theater, I always tell myself, you know, this is a movie. It's a movie. I I, can, I allow myself to get scared in the moment, but quickly rationalize. You know, this is a movie. You know, this is. And, and, and like Troy, I'm like, I wonder how they did that. Yeah. Like, is that is, is that digital? Is that practical? And if it's practical, how they how they manage? Because that looked really damn good. So stuff like that, you know, I I compartmentalizing it in my brain and rationalizing it. Um, if I was faced with that in, in real life, I would probably like you know wolf my cookies, and would not be it would not work, turn out well. But it's not really trying to desensitize myself, but it's making myself aware. So if something like this happens, I'm not like, wow, never seen that before. Like, hmm, maybe I have seen something like that before. Maybe this is my chance to beat feet and get the fuck out of here. What do you think, Gavin? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, here's a little known fact about me. I don't like a lot of like hardcore horror movie, uh, hardcore zombie movies. No. Most of them use that really cheap, you know, jump scare tactic that they, they set you up like three times in a row. Boom. Oh, it's just a cat. Boom. Oh, it's just some, you know, dustpan falling over. Boom. Ah, it's the zombie. Ah, and it gets me every fucking time. <laughs> I still jump. I know it's a fake out. I know it's a fake out. Oh, it's a real one. Fuck. I'm having a heart attack. So <laughs> I the, the majority of the zombie stuff that I like is, is the, is the, the different takes on it. So Zombieland, Fido, um, Shaun of the Fido, Dead. yeah. I, I like those takes. I, I The ones that don't rely on like the, the, the really cheap jump scares. But in a bizarre twist, I really like getting the shit scared out of me in the video game versions of zombies. I can say part why. of the appeal uh, for these for these zombies is that they're, they are probably the least guilt-ridden bad guys that i can shoot in a, in a video game they're except they're, for except for zombie nazis and they're oh yeah. no th those those are those are my favorite ones to yeah kill. yeah exactly exactly <laughs> zombie army or zombie army war it was is possibly one of the best takes on a video game franchise i've seen in a very long time the control is kind of clunky but <laughs> basically taking zombies throwing a nazi uniform on them and then get getting the, the getting sniper uh like physics so you get like that beautiful x-ray shot as the bullet goes right through the back of their head and out through their their eye socket beautiful dead snow 
Dead Snow. Yeah, I was just about that to. I was, exactly. was going to wait Dead until we stopped another, another Dead one. Snow. Yeah, that's a great movie. Um, yeah. But the, the thing is, is that video games have always managed to kind of reinvent the zombies. So as Trevor was saying for Left for, uh, Left for Dead, with the with the the very like the the puking zombies and the and the uh, the, the pestilence zombies and like the witches that basically uh like you know attract more <laughs> zombies it's just it, it it's kind of neat takes on it um the homages to uh like dawn of the dead like uh, the dead rising games uh they get they give you this sort of this ultimate power of basically driving a lawnmower through an entire like street filled with zombies uh, Dead Rising Three uh, gave you sort of the 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 uh, the know-how of the A team to build contraptions, and you could combine a steamroller with a motorcycle, and basically just literally roll zombies, and they would kind of pop. This is one of the movies where I was playing uh, when it first came out. Amanda's sitting in the room, what uh, like trying to do something, and all she could hear was. <laughs> and she was actually getting physically nauseous so i had to start wearing headphones because that was the only way i could play the game without her feeling like she was about to throw up um games like dead space uh which took sort of the like completely twisted the, the concept of zombies that we knew of completely around they weren't just reanimated corpses they were they were creatures that twisted the human body into like limbs uh, like they're like some of them had like a, they used a spinal cord with with a broken tibia on on one arm as a as a scythe. So, but it was all based on on plausible usages of of appendages. But the thing is, headshots didn't count. You could you could nail them in the head multiple times and they would still come at you. You had to you had to dismember their arms and legs, their limbs to to basically have a chance against them, and. Again, another game that scared the absolute shit out of me. Uh, I was replaying. I was replaying the series over COVID, and Amanda is in the living room. And I'm in the. I'm in my office here playing the game, and all she could hear was me going, ah, ah, "Shit, fuck, son of a bitch!" As things would jump out and attack, and you know, and it, it was classic horror movie beats. You know, the the, the fake out here, the 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 sound is slithering there. And every time it would get me every fucking time, but because I was in control of the situation, or at least you know until they start savaging me and you know I die, I, it, it feels like you know you have a fighting chance against these things. Yeah, I, I, and again, guilt-free fighting against things. So I'm not I'm not shooting you know like the thing with um, like say Fallout for example, Fallout Four. Every time, uh, every time Amanda would turn around and, and watch me as I'm playing, I would get that beautiful kill shot as I'm making someone's brains explode, but she never sees me save the bus full of nuns. <laughs> you know? So these zombie movies, or the zombie games, uh, uh, kind of take out that, that whole, uh, you know, I, I'm, I don't have to worry about saving the bus loads of nuns, for the most part. You know, there might be some. free kill. <laughs> But the thing is, for the most part, they're just they're guilt free kills, and there's a certain visual um, pleasure from that. Whereas well, with yeah. the movies, I jump, and all I can do is just sort of kind of come down from it, going like "fuck it, okay, it's just a movie, it's just a movie." I didn't yeah. kill it. But yeah, that's the point. You you hit the nail around the head. When watching the movie, 
you have zero control. You're a, a, you're a passenger along for the ride. When you're playing a video game, you've got your hand on the controller or the mouse or the keyboard, however it is you're playing it, you're in control. Your character lives or dies because of what you do. In a movie, you just have to wait and see. You, have, you can't say, don't open the goddamn closet because it's in there waiting for you. Well, yeah, technically, to... people do say that during Oh, the they movie. do all the time. Yeah, they scream exactly. it. But, but they always course, open the that fucking listen. closet. When you're in the video game and you're going along, you're like, you look at the closet, you're like, yeah, I'm not going to open it because that's my choice. And my choice is to fuck that monster. I am not going to open the closet and let it attack me. I'm going over here. In fact, I'll throw a pebble. It's going to jump out and it's going to eat some, some double barrel shotgun. That's the difference is you have a measure of control. I mean, whatever the illusion of control is, but at least in a video game, you're in charge of that character. You make that character do what you want to do. You feel like you have some hope. Exactly. And Whereas if it's movie, really bad, you just restart it and try again. In a movie, you're just the, the, the passive passenger and there's zero you can do. It's just that character is going to do whatever boneheaded thing they're going to do. And you're just going to have to wait and see. So you're like, oh, here comes a jump scare. Up oh, here comes, oh, here comes the false, you know, here comes the cat. Here comes, oh, the, the broom falling over. And there's the zombie about to chew on our face. And you're like, I know it's coming, but there's zero you can do about it. So it's that, that measure of control that makes it palatable when you're playing a game as opposed to watching a movie. And that's honestly, I mean, I feel the same way. Like I am chomping at the bit to try the, the Left for Dead successor, the, the Back for Blood. Um, but I mean, just time constraints, I can't. But I mean, I love Left for Dead for one main reason. It wasn't killing zombies or anything. It was the cooperative play. I have zero interest playing games where you're just, you know, shooting each other randomly like Battle Royale or whatever. But put me in a game where you're working with three or four other people towards a common goal, like, you know, getting through the zombie horde to get to a safe zone. I love those games. Those are fun. Now, if they were zombie Nazis, it'd be doubly the fun. Yeah, <laughs> uh, zombie war trilogy is, zombie army trilogy is just amazing for that. And for that alone. So does that uh, answer uh, any of your inquiries about uh, why it is the fact that we love the zombie genre so much there. I thought that was a fun conversation and that's yeah. exactly why I wanted to have it because it's sense. everybody coming at the idea or the concept from different perspectives. And again, this brings me right back to the freak pit where, you know, it's just hanging out and talking about nerd stuff. So exactly, yeah. <laughs> success. And again, uh, just to, just to ask, do you, do you think you might've changed your mind on that sort of thing? Or are you just going to, you can just stick me with personally? Your... Hell yeah. no. It creeps <laughs> me out. <laughs> again, it's like, because I can't detach. And then again, right. there's some line and I don't know where that line is. There is a line because some things I'm fine with, some things I'm not. But I know there's a lot of people that enjoy things that are way past that line that I mm -hmm. can't cross. Oh. And it's so I'm always fascinated to see, like, what is it that draws people to those things that I just have to stay away from. Like there's something in my psyche is just, I don't want to see the people getting ripped apart. Like it's <laughs> fascinating that it's a puppet and it's probably sausages and everything else, but it hits mm, too close to home. Sausages. And when it's just a little bit too dark, which is why I stay a little bit clear from the horror genre, some things I can handle, but there's always this certain line. Like I'm sure everybody has the line. Like, you know, I know there've been some, horrible dark movies made you know and if you keep going like all the way to snuff films like there's some line 
yeah eventually yeah. Oh, that people sure. are like yeah, yeah, nope yeah. i tap out yeah so i'm with you on that on the torture porn stuff like saw and all that stuff i i just i cannot deal with that absolutely mm-hmm. not hard no i w- i will say i will say that at the beginning when it was the original saw i mean yes okay that was that was good beautifully done movie uh a, a freaking a bottle a bottle a bottle movie is a fantastic thing to see the the low budget and all that the hey filmed in toronto sort of thing um wait that was carrie elways it was like that sort of thing um but yes when you got into your hostels and stuff like that i i I was working at Blockbuster at the time, so I was able to take those movies home to see. And I'll admit, I I watched probably none of them fully all the way through just because it's like, okay, I get it. I understand. Yeah. All right. Whatever. It's okay. But I mean, that's the way those movies were done. I mean, again, it's not going to be everyone's cup of tea, but yes, I myself, I'm not a big fan of the torture porn. It's not, but I did, however, watch all except the last two Saw movies, only because I just didn't have access to the last two. But I did see the previous ones just because of I was fascinated in the inventiveness of the the traps. Once the traps were set off, I'm like, oh, we didn't really need to see that. And like, but again, it's the idea of how things are made is what draws me that sort of thing i mean that's also the reason why i'm the person in the room to like oh boom mic oh cameraman in the reflection of the mirror the that's the sort of thing hey hey, wait a sec that beer was a little lower in the previous shot sort of thing that's the sort of thing yeah exactly exactly yes starbucks cup (laughs) that that's the sort of way that i watch movies so i'm always analyzing because i'm more of a how is it made sort of thing don't get me wrong there are movies that i'll go in there and just be swept up with the story and all that but something in my brain will still see those little bits and pieces and all that so i mean i watch it and no one watches the movie the same way i mean i i sometimes piss off adrian when i like nudge her when something's on the screen it's like i don't want to know right now sort of thing and it's like but Again, everyone's different and it's not for everyone. I mean, it's like not everyone likes romantic comedies. Not everyone likes sci-fi. Not everyone likes musicals. I mean, it's it's all preference. And look, the fact that you even like dabble in a little bit of horror stuff is is cool. And again, because it's zombies, you're, you watch the approachable stuff, the Shaun of the Dead, the zombie lands and all that, because there's the zombie Maybe there's a takeaway that's what it is yeah there's exactly something in there yeah. that i can latch on to yeah exactly yeah. Yeah. yeah mike i thought mm-hmm. have you uh you're you're not super hard you're you're obviously not hard like super into, into horror but have you seen cabin in the woods i have not i have heard so many things about it but i have not actually watched it you it should is. see that that yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm with Gavin. I'm with Gavin. You do yourself a favor. I mean, it is a very approachable. It's a very smartly written. Mm-hmm. It takes it's a very meta movie and it has so much humor that I think like a Shaun of the Dead, it will pull you in and carry you along. There is scary aspects to it. There are 
a couple of jump scare aspects to it, but it is so cleverly put together. Mm -hmm. And the lore behind the movie is what I think you'll really enjoy. It's actually when I first heard about this movie, it's like a horror movie, not interested. But then I started hearing what the concept was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. Oh, that's kind of neat. And then once how went meta, then like, okay, but with your recommendations yeah I'll watch. yeah for sure, yeah. For sure. here's 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 a here's a here's a, a way that I, I i like looking at it think of it as basically the scooby-doo gang kind of getting involved in a real horror situation and all of a sudden all of the tropes all of this all of the little you know the subtle stuff really starts to make sense so yeah, watch it for the sheer sheer fact that it is it is literally t- uh, making fun of horror movies. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Yeah, I'm convinced. Yeah. I'll do that. All right, there we go. Awesome. Excellent. So, out of all that, we finally got you to see a non-zombie movie. <laughs> <laughs> there's zombies in it. Well, there's zombies in it. So, I mean, <laughs> you weren't supposed to give that part away, guys. There's zombies Spoiler. in every movie. Actually, yeah. Okay. Anyways, um, it's it's every horror movie trope. Yes. Yeah. And then some you didn't expect. Oh, 100%. Yeah. You've just been listening to Geeking Off the Page with your hosts, Mike Kitchen, Gavin Burbage, Trevor Brown, and Troy Bowman. Please be sure to like, subscribe, and share. Also, if you could leave us a rating and comment, that would assist in allowing others to find this podcast more easily. You can follow the podcast on the following social platforms. Instagram and Twitter, search for at Planet Geek Pod, all one word. On Facebook, search for Planet Geek Productions. Or you can send us an email to planetgeekpod at gmail.com. Buy the guys a coffee by going to ko-fi, ko-fi.com slash planetgeekpod. And know that any and all donations will go towards improving all current and future Planet Geek Productions programs. Thank you for listening.